Howdy well, detectives. Howdy! Thank you so much for coming out on this gorgeous night. This is Inner Moonlight. We are the monthly poetry reading right here at the Wild Detectives. We make magic the second Wednesday of every month. We are presented by the Writer's Garrett. I'm Logan Cure, your humble host. <laughs> um, a little bit about how tonight is going to go. We are going to hear from our illustrious feature. I am super excited about that. We will have a brief intermission, during which time I will lightly pressure you to be on my open mic list. The open mic is always an adventure. It is one poem per poet. So build your courage now. I know as I'm speaking this, you're thinking about the poem in your Google Docs, the poem on the back of the receipt in your wallet, the poem you might write before you step on this stage. It has happened. When I ask you if you want to be on my open mic list and your heart says yes, say yes. Um, but first we are going to hear from Melissa Ginsberg, who is coming to us not from DFW. I'm always delighted to feature somebody who does not live here. So yay. So glad Melissa could come through. Uh, Melissa Ginsberg is the author of the poetry collections Doll Apollo and Dear Weather Ghost, the novels The House Uptown and Sunset City, and three poetry chapbooks, Arbor, Double Blind, and Apollo. Her poems have appeared in The New Yorker, Image, Guernica, Kenyon Review, Fence, Southwest Review, and other magazines. Originally from Houston, Texas, Melissa studied poetry at the Iowa Writers' Workshop. Her work has been recognized by the Mississippi Arts Commission and the Texas Writers League. She's an associate professor of creative writing and literature at the University of Mississippi and serves as the associate editor of Tupelo Quarterly. She lives in Oxford, Mississippi. Please welcome Melissa. Thanks, Hi. Logan. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Thank you all, all for coming out. It is a gorgeous night. Yeah. Um, so I always ask my guests to tell me something good. So what's good, Melissa? Yeah, so yesterday was election day. Wasn't all good, but every single state that had a measure to protect abortion on the ballot passed that measure. Yes, that is a very good thing. Um, and I'm, I'm always supposed to share a good thing myself, and I told you I was going to think about it, and I lied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. My good thing is Halloween fell on a school day this time. I'm also a professor, and I dress up when Halloween falls on a school day. I am the professor in costume. And this year, I brought back my pretty awesome, if I do say so myself, Ripley from Alien costume. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, I was there to teach people to write and avoid killer aliens. Um, so thank you so much. I am so stoked to hear your poems when you read to us. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to read from my new book, Doll Apollo. The book is in three sections, and the first poem is just a, a kind of prologue poem. It's called Daphne. So Daphne, just a reminder, is the 
the nymph who was pursued by Apollo and she was running away from him and because she was unable to escape, she turned into a tree. Daphne. Halted mid-stride, unnymphed as mayflies, laureled and wreathed, newly rooting, yet even as a girl, she had that mentholated breath, loved bay, loved riverbank, played house for hawks, had that crown in her, that stillness. When asked, does she miss the chase? At each petiole unrolls a glossy nib, a bit of shade, a blade to lean against the flesh. To leaf the grove is no arrest. Thank you. So the first section of this book is called Doll and it's a bunch of poems about paper dolls. I'm gonna read a few of those. Paper girls. The women slosh the girls in vats. The women spin the fibers. The women dry and press the sheets. The women stack the women and gather them in reams. The women do this work to their past selves. They are happy to bleach clean pulp and soak in a vat. Slurry stings the skin, an act of preparation. It separates the girls from the women. The women are hunters after a fashion. They hunt themselves and fashion the tools they are made of. Miss Paper. She is thin and white, her torn bits ruffle. She transcribed, she blown about, has caught ink. She blacks out, erasures, thin her further. She traces after masters, poorly prints her secret names. She leaves crumpled an old coupon, a two for one. She makes a dress, a cat of herself, she wears herself thin. She pets it. Craft day. Scissors cut through the snowflaked morning. Dolly sharpens her edges, trims herself, gives herself fringe, makes more like her sisters, clones, she scissors their slick magazines, girl skins sleek as blades. She hones her scissors on sandpaper. She will marry that abrasion, make it scrape her. She'll feel it, she'll unfold garlands. This one is called, She's an Animal in the Sack. Dolly sees herself in the pond's flat plain. She lines the bank with the cattails, bending to touch their own necks. Wind disrupts the surface, upsets her angles, 
Dog ears, her corners, pleats and tucks, makes her a crane. Origami dolly, animal in the sack, bucking against rough burlap. Burlesque of the pond's edge, weighted choreograph, string tied at the top. She soaks and sinks, sheds pulp and mud, below a willow's continual fall, continual rise to the surface. Snakes swim under, lay their nest of eggs, heat-sensing pits in their faces. In the paper dollhouse, all the rooms collapse. The cutout girl looks out the punched out window, thinks of perforation and the rectangle she came from, the self-shaped hole she filed away. And what is the self wearing? Her drawn on undergarments, curling edges in danger of tearing. The self is never naked. The self may be pressed between heavy books. In the heavy books, the old saying, if you try to make paper dolls do anything at all, their clothes fall off, they can't stand up, the tabs slip the slots. A house made of dolls is a delicate system, architecture of held breath. Say the window, is a body like yourself that you look into and out of. All flat planes, the self perceives as bodies like the self. The self can be leafed. Every book is a prison of sisters. Okay, I'm gonna read two more of these doll poems. One cannot read oneself without great difficulty. And then I became a folded note. To become a note is to become a vehicle which drives to the time of waiting to be read and parks there, wanting it. To carry import, to drink the oils from sets of fingers. But it was no fault of mine I was a note. The words rode on top of myself and were not me in that parking lot, that pile of sealed envelopes. I spent much energy trying to shake the marks. Dear, I'm sorry. I wish we'd never. I waited, quaking under ink, wanting the fingers and the eraser, the eyes of the circulars variously glossed. Paper dreams. Rag paper dreams rag dreams. Newsprint dreams of the wood chipper. Doll paper dreams tabs and slots. Dreams the sheet from which she was punched. 
how close it felt to free, uniting all those tiny holes to outline her in air. Dream paper, dreams, dream dreams. Forest floor, how clean it was. The forest of chainsaws, how renewable. That was beautiful. Okay, so all of those were from the first section of the book. Yes. Um, so tell us about the other sections of the book. Okay, yeah, so the three sections, they're called Doll, Apollo, and Twal. The second section of the book is a bunch of poems about the Apollo moon landing, conspiracy theories that the moon landing didn't happen, the god Apollo, the moon, and then this, the third section, Twal, has poems about fabric patterns. The cover of the book is, uses a Twal pattern. And um, it also, it just deals with a lot of landscape imagery as depicted in, uh, in fabric patterns and, and prints, but also real landscapes, which appear in the first two sections too. Yes, yes. I was going to ask you about the cover. It's beautiful. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, so this is, this LSU Press put this book out, and they did such a gorgeous job with the design. They took this very traditional 12 pattern, which is, um, you know, usually has these little pastoral vignettes of, like, hunting parties or people picnicking or whatever. It's usually, like, rural scenes. They have put some paper doll skirts on some of these ladies riding horses, and they also put a little astronaut in here. So, yeah, yeah it's which is the astronaut's gonna be my next tattoo. Um, yes, I'm very yeah. here for it. <laughs> yeah, so I know that this full length, some of these poems appeared in chapbooks, and that, this is a question that I get a lot, like what's the relationship between a chapbook and a full length, why chapbooks? So tell me about that. Yeah, so the Apollo section, it's a slightly different version of it, but most of that section appears as a chapbook called Apollo. And I actually um, have two very, very talented poets who are former students of mine who started a press, they do um, letterpress printing and it's a hand-sewn book and they did just this gorgeous job. They approached me and wanted to publish something and I had I had those poems at the time and and it, it's chapbook length. I kind of work in series that often end up being like, you know, a chunk of poems that's about 20 pages. And so I, I love to publish chapbooks because it's a really natural way that I organize the manuscript. But I also love to read chapbooks. I love paper. I love bookmaking. And they are just such beautiful objects and collectible. And like, you know, this was a tiny print run of 75, all handmade and hand sewn. So yeah, it just is, it's been such a gift to have my book made by these two talented poets. Their names are Andrew Daly and Jan Verberkmos. And uh, yeah, I just feel like it's such a privilege to have that out in the world and to know them. They're both brilliant. Yes, thank you. And I, I, that's interesting that you see that your mind works like that because the, the three sections of the book 
do have almost seemingly disparate concerns, but there are these through lines, the threads, sort of repetitions of um, sometimes characters or scenes. Tell me about Dolly. Yeah, so I started writing these paper doll poems and I couldn't, I just wrote one, then I wrote another one, then I couldn't stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I am very interested in materials and textures and in, in just really micro sort of surfaces. And I got very interested in paper dolls because they're a, you know, a depiction of of like femaleness of of womanhood they are not super fun toys to play with when you're a little girl you, they just you know they don't like do a lot yeah. um but they can be very beautiful and they're also they're like models of femininity but they are flat and there's just you know like as with most models of femininity that we are given, there's just not enough there for like a real person. And so I started thinking about paper, like paper is flat, but it's also not two dimensional. It's an object, it's just really thin. Um, so I started thinking about like the depths within a sheet of paper, how paper is made, where it comes from, it's, you know, comes from trees, obviously, and is, you know, connected in that way to, um, to a lot of the ecological concerns that are in this book, yeah. connected to the mythological concerns that are in this book, the violence that's in this book. Um, yeah. yeah, so I found that there was so much there to explore. I got really excited about it. And every time I thought I was finished writing those poems, I, I would just think about it from a slightly different angle, you know, like there are a lot of different kinds of paper dolls, there are a lot of different kinds of paper, and there was just a richness there that kept on going for a while. Yes, and you give us what I perceive as a character you call Dolly, which, mm -hmm. which of course is another like literal dimension to give us a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she is troubled, <laughs> and and she is she exists in a landscape, and some bad things happen to her in these poems. You know, she's out in the weather, and paper does not get along with weather very well. So, there are some poems I didn't read them, but where you know where Dolly is torn, and like they're just scraps of her blowing around this landscape. So, yes, yeah. Well, and I love poetry with a uh, some protagonists. <laughs> your, your book has more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to hear more poems. Will you read us more? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll read a few poems from the other two sections. The Faked Apollo Moon Landing. So I should, I always have to give this disclaimer. I do believe that the moon landing happens. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yes cheers to that um but i uh i did a lot of reading online message boards of uh conspiracy theorists and um i was very taken with their images and their arguments and um their certainty at a time when this was like i was writing these poems during the 2016 election campaign 
feeling very uncertain about the world and also like not trusting authority or the government or what people were saying on television. So I found this real relatable, surprisingly. Yeah, and, uh, and also I loved a lot of the language and a lot of the images that that conspiracy theory like draws on. So those appear in, in a lot of these poems. The Faked Apollo Moon Landing. A parabolic arc of dust behind the rover's wheels binds me to you, Earth. The way you make things heavy, blow air into a space already filled with air. The way you hide your stars in the sky, you flag-waving army, you scientists with your answers. At the edge of the crater, starless black, multiple light sources, multiple shadows. The doubts creep in, the sky behind me creep outside the viewfinder. The doubts lap basalt waves. Bring your war out from its shadows. Show it the stars, show it the moon. Thank you. This one is called Apollo. Wolf god, sheep god, god trapped in a mine, god of fields and flowers, of pastures and herds, god of exoskeletons, hunter and flayer, feeder of snakes, healer god of arrows, of oracles you will never figure out, god of colonies and the crying rock, unshorn god, shining god of mice and islands, wolf of healing, god in the womb already frightening, killer of cyclops, maker of lightning, god of moderation, monster of light, tender protector, hunter god, liar god, colonizing god, God of ships leaving, of sun in the sky, of tunnels and holes, of sowing a seed, slayer of python, God of the deal. Farm God, lover God, God of my sister Artemis, goddess of that sleek lens through which I look, the moon. God of ships and a sun, supplier God, contract God, twin god and wave god, waving goodbye on the dock and the ship leaving god on a wave. God of the oracle stops, god of compromise and centuries, god of whispered riddles swallowed on an island, snake-eaten god, god of dried up waters, cratering depths, canyon, erosion, billowing out tributary god cut off from its source god of the dry bed of the cold war together with artemis slayer of progeny husband the silvered arrows quiver in the outskirts of the sky So there are a few poems in here that are persona poems that um, adopt the point of view of the, uh, of the spacecraft itself. This is one of those. My body, like a diner, fills with astronauts. 
In footsteps in jetsam and titanium white, I split apart, I miss my thrust and light, my kneeling peace, my scientists litter oceans, orbits, televisions. I will never leave this husbandry. I am myself fallen in the ocean, sun bleached, canaveraled, washed in atmospheric gaps, my windows vacant as the heads of astronauts, my eyes like beakers of clear liquid measured in a vacuum. On the empty sound stage, there may I launch and launch, may I blink and bend the lights. When doubt comes to Apollo, Doubt arrives, assured in her stumbling. Doubt scatters at Apollo's feet. Doubt falls about the god in a cloud. To trust a thing such as a god, as much as the god trusts his own appetite. Doubt tries it, but hesitates. In space, the liquid doubt does not pour freely but forms a floating orb and dances slow before the gods' faces. Doubt marries for love the altar of questions, busies herself with the arrangements. Doubt will not require a television to see the event. Doubt stitched in the shoes watches from the moment after the step. Doubt has been married so long to the altar. Each star a tribute, doubt hunted and placed on a plate. So I'll read a couple of poems from the last section, Twal. This is um, a slightly longer poem that is um, where that section gets its name. This is called Toile de Jouy, which is the, the traditional um, French name of the fabric pattern that's on the cover of the book. Toile de Jouy was a background, a weave in the toile, threads behind a village scene, parasols, hunting party, hoop skirts, old oak, picnic party, basket full of sandwiches, spread quilt, a textile ground, printed on, unnoted, as music refuses to be written, to sound stranded, drowned in footsteps, horse sweat, pointers and setters at the horse's feet, dust carried from their eyes on tears, made of holes of air made thermal made friction essential fell out of a loom as droplets separate from air find themselves heavy unable to stop pooling in a cup was air once now drown was strands catching strands was run through hemmed inked in a zoom out a wave's retreat carries sand with it carries a picnic 
as a print color matches not quite up, as a pinking cut prevents unraveling not completely, as shears slipped in a pocket, a basket lined with fabric, ladies in dresses, ladies in carriages, between the village and the nap, between dress pocket and the twisted fiber, die commits, insinuates, woodcuts hand printed, vats of color parsed, was berries once, was fruit of the black walnut, shrubs of indigo in a hot climate, between villages, parties, between parties, bare nap, sun bleached, having been left between vignettes, no road depicted, world of arrival, but not travel, between threads, ravaged fiber, bit of silk caught on brambles, beneath rifles, shod hoof, bit of grass, between villages, fibers, between parties, carnage, between dye and raw, village in the distance, packs of wild dogs. And this poem is called Toil. Um, the original title for this poem was Work, but I changed it to Toil because it's one letter away from Toil, and I just wanted them to be friends. Um, okay, so Toil. One must first make an incision in the fabric in order to speak. Fabric from the workers in metal and stone, later a building or machine something skillfully produced, artisans hewing their hard materials. An incision is hardly a made thing, more an undoing of thousands of intermingled fibers, a severance. As the pressing of flowers is an undoing, but also a preservation one must first choose the specimen free from rain or dew one must split a thick blossom in order to flatten beautiful thank you thank you tell us what is next for your work yeah so i have a lot of poems. I finished this, like most of the poems in this book, before the pandemic, and I have written hundreds of poems since this. Okay. And so what I, what I think now is that it's sort of falling into two different manuscripts, and okay. I'm working on both of those simultaneously. Dang. Okay. Are you all right? <laughs> I'm great. So I... <laughs> I, I, I love to write poems. Okay. I love it. And um, I, I keep on trying to make myself stop so that I can deal with all of this work and see what it is and what it's doing. Yeah. And um, I, I can't stop. So <laughs> That's a really good problem. <laughs> it's, yeah, yes and no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
it, so the more I write, the more confusing it is to organize everything. But yeah, it feels like I'm onto something and I'm going to follow it. So yeah. yeah it's, okay. So I think some people do conceptualize books of poems as just like, these are poems I wrote, here they are together. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think um, that used to be more of a thing, okay. and I have noticed a trend in the poetry world for the last, I don't know, couple decades, I guess, uh, the idea of like project books have become really prominent. Yeah. Um, you used to see a lot more just collections, like here's a bunch of poems and they're all really good and this is my book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that, and I love those types of books. I think they are less common now and I think that publishers are less interested in that kind of thing because there's no hook there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, I, I love both. Um, I do tend to, to write like according to a theme sort of and I like to make books that hold together yeah but yeah I do I love a good collection yeah when you pick up a book of poems do you read it start to finish yes me too yeah but I'm not sure that's the way everybody treats a book of poems I think some people pick up a book of poems and Mm -hmm. open somewhere anywhere Mm -hmm. or might leaf or yeah so I I (laughs) I'm excited for you about whatever you're going to do. I think whatever choice you make is going to be great. Thank you. And I would love it if you would close this out with one more poem. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so this is another poem from that, uh, that third section, Twal. This is called Pastoral. I was unincorporated. I was without a body. I was lots not lots yet parcels i was ground where the pipes will go i was shrubs i was brush and the space between shacks i lacked governance i was lean-tos i was dens in the earth and roots of the weak sweet gum i was pear and turtle sunning i was lungs unbreathing i was the sight on the horse's neck where bats came nightly to feed I was the blood coagulating into morning. I was waiting for full dark again. I was waiting for the wound to reopen. I was led to a tree, a weak tree strung with nets. I was the bat hoping to be caught. I couldn't heal myself fast enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was gorgeous. Thank you, Logan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm so glad you could come through. One more time for Melissa Ginsburg. All right. So we have reached intermission. Um, So during this time, buy a drink, tip your bartender, buy a book. If you want to be on the open mic list, let me know. It's one poem per, per poet. It's a short list. So if you're interested please let me know. And for my podcast listeners, I will see you next month.